14. Oh in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, the lesson is taught that uprightness in this life, even though under deepest poverty, will be rewarded in the future life, while uncharitable selfishness will surely bring one to ruin and destruction. In the face of the Bible teaching, no one can turn this parable into actual narrative, representing that the saved in glory are now looking over the battlements of heaven and talking with the lost riding before their eyes in agony amid the flames of an ending torment. This is not the picture that the scriptures give us of heaven, nor of the state of the dead, nor of the time and circumstances of the final rewards or punishments. Illustration, Lot fleeing from Sodom, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Jude 7, Illustration, Satan's final assault upon the kingdom of God, they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about. Ref. 20 9 The end of the wicked so soon as ever Lucifer introduced sin into heaven, it was certain, in the righteousness and omnipotence of God, that the day would come when sin would be blotted out of the perfect creation. Inspiration tells us that a time of final reckoning with sin was assured when Satan and a host of the angels with him lifted up the standard of mysterious rebellion against the law and harmony of heaven, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Jude 6. Punishment for sin is assured. By listening to Satan's temptation, man became involved in sin. Then a divine Savior was provided, through whom every soul might escape from the kingdom of darkness, and find salvation and life. But it is inevitable that those who refuse the way of life and reject the salvation of God, must finally be involved with Satan and sin in the day when sin is visited, by Adam's sin. All his posterity inherited a sinful, dying nature. In Adam all die, the scripture says, but not a soul in the last day can plead Adam's sin and the inheritance of a fallen nature as an excuse for his own transgressions. By Christ's gift of his life for us, the sinner, with all his weaknesses, may become a partaker of the divine nature, and escape the power of the fleshly nature. By virtue of Christ's death for all, all recover from the death they die in Adam the first death. All had a resurrection the unjust as well as the just, and then everyone gives account of himself to God, according to his own life and the use he has made of the light given him of God. The two resurrections the scriptures emphasize the fact that there are to be two resurrections. Paul, before Felix, declared his belief the same as that of all the prophets, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. Acts 24 minutes and 15 seconds. Jesus declared it in these words, The hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good, unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil, unto the resurrection of damnation, John 5 28, 29, the first resurrection is that of the just, that Christ's second coming, it is written of this, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years, Ref. 20 colon 6. After this, the righteous return with Christ to heaven, and remain there during the thousand years. The wicked living at the time of his coming are slain by the consuming glory of his presence, and they, with all the unjust of all the ages, await in the grave the second resurrection, at the end of the thousand years. The rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Ref. 20 colon 5. At the end of the thousand years the city of God, with the saved, comes down out of heaven and settles upon the earth. Then the wicked are raised the second resurrection. 
Under Satan's leadership they march up to attack the city of God. How naturally, we infer, may Satan persuade the lost that, after all, he was right when he declared to Adam, ye shall not surely die. Here are all his servants of all the ages living. Why may they not be immortal? Beyond the power of God to destroy it. The old battle that began in heaven is on again. Satan, be our treadle. Marshals his hosts of fallen angels and the myriads of fallen men. His legions stretching wide over the earth. They went up on the breadth of the earth. And compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven. And devoured them. Ref. 20 colon 9. This is the second death. The scripture says. Verse 14. The great day has come when the sinner receives his wages death and sin is destroyed. The punishment everlasting, the wages of sin is death. And the second death is everlasting. There is no resurrection from this death. The scriptures describe it in terms that affirm utter destruction. Resulting in non-existence. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And from the glory of his power. To Thess. 1 9. Behold. The day cometh. That shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, Maul, 4 colon 1, they shall be ashes, the third verse of this chapter says, every expression possible to a language is employed to denote utter destruction, everlasting death, that means non-existence, sin and sinners are blotted out, the prophet Obadiah, Speaking of the visitation upon the heathen the unbelieving in the day of the Lord, says, They shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. Verse 16. This is the utter end of sin and all sinners, and of the offer of sin. Root and branch they are gone, as though they had not been. All this is in the description of the last judgment, so fully set forth in the twentieth chapter of Revelation. Death and hell hence, the grave were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Ref. 2014. Death and the prison house of death are gone forever. Sin is wiped out of a perfect universe. And not even a trace will remain of the place of the fiery judgment. Yet a little while. And the wicked shall not be. Yea. Thou shalt diligently consider his place. And it shall not be. P.S. 37 minutes and 10 seconds. The fires of the last day purify the earth. Which comes forth in Eden like beauty. In the whole creation of God there is no sin. No sinner. But all is harmonious again. As before sin entered the universe. The prophet was given a view of this glorious consummation. And the triumph of the son of God over sin. Every creature which is in heaven. And on the earth. And under the earth. And such as are in the sea. And all that are in them. Heard I saying. Blessing. And honor. And glory. And power. Be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. And unto the Lamb forever and ever. Ref. 513. Some opinions briefly considered the doctrine of the immortality, the indestructibility, of the soul is responsible for the traditional view that the wicked are kept alive in an ending misery through all eternity. How different this picture from that which Holy Scripture gives of the second death. Terrible and awful at island but it results in the utter destruction of sin and sinners, leaving a clean universe. The doctrine of the immortality of the soul came in from pagan philosophy. Herodotus, the father of history, said, the Egyptians, were also the first to broach the opinion, that the soul of man is immortal, book 2, par, 123, evidently, they passed the doctrine on to the Greeks, its origin was in the words of Satan in Eden, ye shall not surely die, the pagans had their nether world of spirits, 
or their transmigration of souls with its ceaseless round from body to body, and the Roman Catholics their purgatory with its purifying fires, from these sources and not from the word of God, the traditional view has come into modern Christendom, representing the Lord as unable or unwilling to end sin, but keeping the sinner alive throughout eternity, to suffer torture that can bring no remedy, the scripture teaching is far otherwise, however, there are certain scripture phrases that emphasize the severity of the punishment of sin, which are often taken as supporting the doctrine of never-ending conscious torment. 1. Forever and ever. In Ref. 2010 it is said that the devil and his chief agencies shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The phrase emphasizes the surety of their utter destruction. Forever means age-lasting, or life-lasting so long as a thing exists by its nature. Thus in example 21:6, the servant who loved his master and did not wish to leave his service was to have his ear pierced, and he shall serve him forever, that island without release as long as he lives. So the fiery judgment of that last day holds the wicked until life ends, there is no release until life is consumed. 2. Everlasting punishment. These shall go away into everlasting punishment. Matt. 25 minutes and 46 seconds. It is everlasting punishment not everlasting punishing. The punishment is everlasting death, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction. 2 Thess. 1 9. The truth of the utter destruction of sinners is awful enough, but it commends itself to every thought of justice and mercy, for sin must be cleansed from a perfect universe. But the unscriptural view of everlasting conscious torment that never reaches the point of full punishment, is unthinkable. Yet it is urged as a doctrine, and contended for as vital to Christianity. The following description is taken from a book written for children, entitled, The Sight of Hell. It is printed in Dublin for children. Little child, if you go to hell, there will be a devil at your side to strike you. He will go on striking you every day, forever and ever, without ever stopping. The first stroke will make your body as bad as jobs, covered from head to foot with sores and ulcers. The second stroke will make your body twice as bad as the body of Job. How then will your body be after the devil has been striking it every moment for a hundred million years without stopping? Quoted in the London Present Truth, April 30th, 1914. What a relief to turn from this to the Bible doctrine of the everlasting destruction of the second death. Terrible though it be. 3. Everlasting fire, eternal fire, unquenchable fire. All these expressions are used in describing the fiery judgment upon sin and sinners. The effect of the fire is everlasting and eternal, and by a common usage in language the adjective that describes the effect is applied to the agent by which the effect is wrought. A specific example of everlasting fire in the punishment of evil is given in scripture. Sodom and Gomorrah, those wicked cities of the plain, were destroyed by a rain of fire from heaven. These cities, inspiration says, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Jude 7. The fire was everlasting eternal, in its effects, the cities of the plain were everlastingly consumed, but the fire went out when the destruction was complete, and quenchable fire is fire that cannot be quenched, it consumes utterly, until nothing is left, then it goes out of its own accord, for, where there were dieth not, Jesus warned of the certain destruction of sin and sinners in the fire of Gehenna, for this is the word translated, hell, in Mark 9:43. hence, which is often translated, hell, is the grave, not the place of punishment. Gehenna, here used of the place of punishment, was the name of the valley where the refuse of Jerusalem was cast for burning. The map of Jerusalem, in any ordinary Bible with maps, 
shows just outside the southern wall a gorge marked Valley of Hinnon, Gehenna. It was here that the people, in the olden times, had sacrificed their children to Moloch. In order to put an end to these abominations, Josiah polluted it with human bones and other corruptions. 2 Kings 23 10, 13, 14. Hastings's Dictionary of the Bible. Here the fires consumed the refuse, and the fire and worms utterly destroyed the carcasses of beasts flying into the place of destruction. It was regarded as a place accursed, and the smoldering fires became symbolical of the fires of the judgment. The use of this illustration, instead of arguing that the wicked are never destroyed but always live, conveys the opposite idea. What went into the fires of Gehenna was utterly consumed, nothing being left. This was used by Christ as a figure illustrative of the utter destruction of the unrepentant sinner in the day of visitation. This must suffice. The positive teaching of Holy Scripture is that sin and sinners will be blotted out of existence. There will be a clean universe again when the great controversy between Christ and Satan is ended. Illustration, Peter delivered from prison, the angel of the Lord encompassed round about them that fear him, and deliver of them. P.S. 34.7. Illustration, Daniel in the den of lions, my God hath sent his angel, and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they had not hurt me. Dan. 6.22. Angels, their ministry the one verse of scripture which, perhaps, most comprehensively sums up the ministry of the angels of God, is this, are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Heb. 1.14. This scripture shows us how truly all heaven is engaged in working for the salvation of this poor world, which has wandered from the fold of God. It will surely be a time of rejoicing among all the angelic host when Christ, the Good Shepherd, brings back this lost world, cleansed from sin, once more to the fold of God's perfect creation. The angels rejoiced when this world was created. The Lord said to Job, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job 38:47. Before ever this world was created, or man upon it, the angels had been created by the Eternal Son, in whom all things consist. For angels are not redeemed men, neither will the redeemed in the world to come ever become angels. Angels are a different order of beings from men, a higher order in creation. We read, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownedst him with glory and honor. Heb. 2 6. 7. In the life to come, by the wondrous power of Christ's transforming grace, redeemed men are to be made equal to the angels. As Christ stated, neither can they die any more for they are equal unto the angels, and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Luke 20:36. This lifting of sinful man to an equality with the angels, at least in the possession of life and immortality, is an illustration of the gospel principle. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Rom. 5:20. But the declaration of equality with angels is a denial of identity with angels. Angels existed before man, and redeemed man will still be man distinct from the angelic order, though the associate of angels in the service of God, attendants at the throne of God when the prophet Isaiah was given a view of the heavenly temple, he saw different orders of angels attending the throne of God, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly, and one cried unto another, and said, Holy, 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 
is the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6 1 3. Ezekiel beheld them in glory, attending the moving throne of the Almighty. The living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Is 1 14. Daniel beheld the angelic host gathered in the most holy place of the temple above. As the time came for the opening of the work of the investigative judgment, the cleansing of the sanctuary, seeing the throne of God set for this final work of Christ's ministry, the prophet says, Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, the judgment was set, and the books were opened. Dan. 7.10. God's messengers the word, angel, means messenger. To and fro these angelic messengers have gone in the service of their creator. A view of their ever-watchful service is given in the words of the psalmist, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. P.S. 103 minutes and 20 seconds. Bearers of tidings they visited Abraham's tent with warning of Sodom's overthrow. Genesis 18. They visited Lot in the city, and urged him to get his family out. Genesis 19. As Jacob, in fear but repentance, was about to meet Esau whom he had deceived, the angels of God met him, Genesis 32, this is God's host, he said, and he knew that the God of Abraham and Isaac, and his God, also, had not forsaken him, at a discouraging time in the history of Israel, an angel appeared to Gideon, bringing the message, the Lord is with thee, and calling him to the work of delivering his people, Judges 6, illustration, Jacob's dream in Bethel, are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Heb. 1.14. As Daniel's prayer reached heaven, even while he still prayed, the angel Gabriel, being caused to fly swiftly, touched him, and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding, that the beginning of thy supplications the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee. Dan. 9.21.23. So close is the communication between heaven and earth the gladdest tidings ever brought from heaven to earth since the promise of the deliverer to Adam and Eden, were brought by angels to the shepherds of Bethlehem. First, one angel appeared, saying, I bring you good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Such tidings to earth could never be the mission of one lone angel, when all heaven longed to cry the news to a lost world, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, Luke 2 14, 14, and seen in halls of government one incident related in the book of Daniel draws aside the curtain, and shows how angels doubtless often have worked and seen in kingly courts or halls of legislation, Daniel had prayed for three weeks for light in certain matters that the angel Gabriel had begun to unfold to him, when at last the angel came, overpowering the prophet with the glory of his presence, it was with a statement, first, of the reason for the delay in responding to his prayer. The angel said, From the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but, lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. Dan. 10 12 14. Messengers of deliverance The story of deliverance wrought by angels is too long to tell. One need only think of the angels taking slow moving Lot by the arms and setting him out of Sodom Genesis 19, 
of the angel finding Elijah under a bush in the desert, and first baking a cake for the hungry man before speaking the word to his discouraged heart 1 Kings 19, of Elisha praying that the young man's eyes might be opened to see that there were more angels with them round about than all the Syrians encamped against them. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. 2 Kings 6:17. An angel shut the mouths of the lions when Daniel was cast into their den. Daniel 6. An angel smote off Peter's irons in the prison at Jerusalem, opened the doors, and led him forth. Acts 12. Amid the angry waves sweeping over the foundering ship in the Adriatic, Paul the Apostle bade the despairing crew be of good courage. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not. Acts 27 minutes and 23 seconds. 24. All through the ages, the angels of God have been standing by. Daniel, and Peter, and Paul are dead, but the angels still live. Are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Heb. 114. Guardian angels that means that every child of God is under the guardianship of the angels. The angel of the Lord encompasseth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. P.S. 34.7. Thank God, we are never left alone. Every child of God has a guardian angel commissioned by the loving Father to watch over him. Christ said, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Matt. 18.10. This does not mean that trials never will come, or troubles, in the midst of the trial. The angel of the Lord will stand by to strengthen and to bring help from the God of all comfort. It was in the midst of the fiery furnace that the form of the fourth appeared, walking with the three Hebrew children Jesus himself treading the fiery way with them. And when Jesus, in the days of his flesh, was sinking under the crushing burden in Gethsemane, there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Luke 22:43. Our Savior, who knows the comforting power of angel ministry, is the captain of the heavenly host, and has commissioned them all as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation, when he comes in glory for his people, Christ will have all the holy angels with him, as the voice of Jesus awakens his sleeping saints and they rise immortal from the open graves, he shall send his angels, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other, Matt. 24 minutes and 31 seconds. The angels who have watched over the heirs of salvation through all the ages, know where they are, and they know how to gather them, with their loved ones, to meet the Lord. The angels who rejoiced when the Lord laid the foundations of the earth, who mourned when man fell, who have all along been working with Christ, their leader, to rescue the lost, will yet rejoice when the Lord brings home his own. What a day will that be in heaven. Illustration Modern inventions fulfilling prophecy, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Dan. 12 colon 4. The time of the end, thou, O Daniel, shut up the words, and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Dan. 12 colon 4. Thus the words of the angel, spoken nearly 2500 years ago, announced the opening of a new era of enlightenment when the latter days should come the time at the end of the long period of predicted tribulation of the church the 1260 years of Daniel's prophecy the world entered upon this era of the time of the end, they shall fall by the sword, and by flame, by captivity, and by spoil, many days, 
and some of them of understanding shall fall, to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Dan. 1133-35. In practically every outline of prophecy touching this time, the events of the last days are represented as following the end of the prophetic period of tribulation. Christ's prophecy of Matthew 24 so declares, Our Savior showed that this period of tribulation, would be shortened, for the elect's sake, and that, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the signs of the end would begin to appear. Thus, while the full period of the 1260 years ended amid the scenes of the French Revolution, which gave the papal power a deadly wound in the last decade of the 18th century, the shortening of the days of tribulation had begun even earlier to spread increasing knowledge and enlightenment over the earth. The prophecy unsealed the angel's words to Daniel were, Shut up the words, and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Dan. 12 colon 4. The words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Verse 9. This means that as the time of the end came, men would be impelled to search diligently for light in the prophetic word. Events taking place in fulfillment of the prophecy would be recognized, and with the coming of the time there would come the opening up, or unsealing of the prophetic scriptures, with their message for men in the last days, as the time drew near, Bible students were led more and more to search the word of prophecy, Sir Isaac Newton, called, the greatest of philosophers, wrote of prophetic study, the giving ear to the prophets is a fundamental character of the true church, for God has so ordered the prophecies, that in the latter days the wise may understand, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, Dan, 12 colon 9, 10. Observations on the Prophecies of Daniel, London, 1733, Part 1, Chap. 1. Again, this man who had delved so deeply into the laws of nature, but who bowed his heart in childlike faith to listen to the voice of inspiration, declared his hope that the time of the end was near at hand in his day he died in 1727. Of this prophecy of the unsealing of the book he wrote, tease therefore a part of this prophecy that it should not be understood before the last age of the world, and therefore it makes for the credit of the prophecy that it is not yet understood, but if the last age, the age of opening these things, be now approaching, as by the great successes of late interpreters it seems to be, we have more encouragement than ever to look into these things, if the general preaching of the gospel be approaching, it is to us and to our posterity that those words mainly belong, in the time of the end the wise shall understand, but none of the wicked shall understand, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, observations on the apocalypse, London, 1733, chap, 1, true to the word of the angel, the events of the ending of the 1260 years of papal supremacy, amid the scenes of the French Revolution, drew the attention of Bible students everywhere, it was seen that prophecy was being fulfilled before men's eyes, it gave great impetus to the study of the prophetic scriptures. The great historic prophecies began to be opened up and sealed to the understanding. An English historian of that period, John Adolphus, though writing a secular history, remarks upon this awakening interest in prophetic study, the downfall of the papal government in 1798, by whatever means effected, excited perhaps less sympathy than that of any other in Europe, the errors, the oppressions, the tyranny of Rome over the whole Christian world were remembered with bitterness, many rejoiced, through religious antipathy, in the overthrow of a church which they considered as idolatrous, 
though attended with the immediate triumph of infidelity, and many saw in these events the accomplishment of prophecies, and the exhibition of signs promised in the most mystical parts of the Holy Scriptures. History of France from 1790 to 1802, London, 1803, Volume II, page 379. From those tunes of fulfilling prophecy, there arose a distinct movement, reviving the teaching of the doctrine of Christ's second coming and directly preparing the way for the Advent movement that was to come with the days of 1844, when yet fuller light was to break forth from the unsealed prophecies of the book of Daniel, of the angel that symbolizes the special gospel work for these last days, it is written, he had in his hand a little book open, ref, 10 2, the time of the end came, and with it has come the opening of the sealed book, the sure word of prophecy speaks its message full and clear to the ears of all mankind today. Increase of knowledge, many shall run to and fro. The prophecy said, and knowledge shall be increased. It is knowledge of the prophecy and of the things of God that is primarily the topic, but the era that we are discussing has been one of general enlightenment and extension of knowledge. J. The entrance of thy words giveth light, says the psalmist, and when the reformation of the 16th century broke the bands of age-long superstition and error, and set free the word of God. The way was preparing for the coming of this wonderful era of the diffusion of general knowledge. The era of reform movement was an era of world exploration and discovery. Dios had founded the South African Cape, and Columbus had given to future generations the new world. The result was voyage after voyage of discovery, and then awakening, colonization, and expansion. The famous and learned Francis Bacon, who died in 1626 felt in his day that the time spoken of by Daniel's prophecy was drawing near. He wrote, Nor should the prophecy of Daniel be forgotten. Touching the last ages of the world, many shall go to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased, clearly intimating that the thorough passage of the world which now by so many distant voyages seems to be accomplished, or in course of accomplishment, and the advancement of the sciences, are destined by fate, that island by divine providence, to meet in the same age. Novum Organum, Book 1, C.A., Bacon's Works, Spedding and Ellis, Volume ID, page 92, when the time indicated in the prophecy fully came, with the last decade of the 18th century, there was witnessed the upspringing of movements that had wrought mightily for the enlightenment and evangelization of the world, as the events of the French Revolution announced the closing of the long era of papal supremacy. So also another series of events at the same time announced the opening of the era of increasing knowledge. Speaking of these developments, Lorimer, a Scottish writer, said, at the very time when Satan is hoping for, and the timid are fearing, and utter over to, 